Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 3 of the Talking CX Podcast. My name is Robin Miller. And this is Graham Clark. <laughs> <clears throat> that was horrible. You might want to do that again. <laughs> it's like... Ugh. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Talking CX. My name is Robin Miller. And this is Graham Clark. And we're your co-host today for our very interesting episode. Uh, Graham, I understand that you have been traveling all over, that you've been on red-eye flights and having a lot of, eating a lot of airline food and that we should kind of feel sorry for all of the trouble that you've gone to just to just to bring us these exciting um, recaps of all these places that you've been. So tell us, uh, you know, to start off by letting us know where that you have been this last month I think and a half. The first time in a long time somebody said they feel sorry for me, so I really appreciate it. Well, I don't really deserve it. Um, so the month of May and June are, are always big uh, conference times in the CX world, just like kind of October is. Um, and so uh, I started that in the middle of May by attending the Chief Customer Officer Conference in Chicago. And then on the 2nd of June, flew to San Diego for Medalia's uh, annual Customer Experience Conference. And then from there, on the 10th of June, went to New York for the uh, annual Forrester East CX Conference in New York. And then uh, had the honor of being the keynote speaker at the inaugural user conference for a great uh, CX software company called Stratified on June 17th and 18th. Oh, that's that's exciting. Exciting stuff. So I think that maybe what we want to do here is talk about these. We'll talk about the first two. And probably we'll talk about the the other two at different times. So the first thing I'd like to know is your take on what is the main takeaway? You know, what is the main thing that you took away from each of those? I think definitely the, the biggest aha and the biggest takeaway is the amount of uh, energy and movement and interest there is in the CX movement. I've been going to these conferences and similar conferences over the last, you know, eight, nine years, and you can just feel the, the momentum building. So, um, you know, if we start with the, the chief customer officer conference in Chicago, um, in the middle of May, um, I think the, you know, the, the, the interesting part of that was, um, kind of the range of discussions and focus, um, which spanned, uh, a lady who presented from the GSA, the General Service Administration in Washington, D.C., all the way to uh, some pretty power-hitting financial services institutions and retail organizations um, who presented. And, and so while there was a huge diversity of uh, focus across the CX space, by, by the same category, to some extent, it was very narrow in the sense of um, people very focused on customer experience measurement and customer experience analytics. Um, a, uh, a big focus on how do you use the techniques of uh, CX to actually deliver business results and how do you use journey mapping and other techniques to actually redesign experiences. Um, and then a, a pretty significant focus on what's next in the world of CX. 
Uh, did they have any breakout sessions where, where people had different conversations? And if they did, what were the most interesting topics that you heard discussed? Yeah, um, well, the whole Chief Customer Officer Conference is kind of small group gatherings. Um, you know what? I, th I think one of those fascinating conversations was a lady um, who's in charge of customer experience for the GSA, which is the General Service Administration for the federal government, um, you know, one of the biggest agencies in the country. And, and if you think of it this way, one of the biggest companies in the world, if you think of them as a company, um, talking about how um, they are really transforming the way that they operate by, um, you know, trying to put their their constituents, both citizens and businesses, kind of front and center for the for the work that they do. But also because the GSA is kind of the, the administrative services agency for a whole bunch of other government departments, you know, a significant number of their stakeholders are actually those other government departments. And I think, you know, hearing hearing about uh, a business, as it were, where um, I think she said a number of times, you know, they, they kind of as, as whatever the term is, you know, quick as mud or something um, in terms of the speed at which they move, but also the tremendous impact that they're having around a very small team of folks who, you know, pretty much taken on this charter of, of trying to get this massive government agency to think about themselves as a, as a customer centric operation and the kind of simple things that they've been doing that have really been transforming their operational the long-term importance that customer experience is going to have in the operations of any business or organization. So, uh, you know, to me, I think, I think the government agency one was just, you know, mind bending because of the size and scale of what they're trying to do. And there were some, some pretty immense companies sitting in the audience in kind of the roundtable discussions afterwards. And I think everybody kind of got to shake their heads and think, well, I might be a, you know, 50, 60, $70 billion company, but what I'm trying to do pales into insignificance compared to the GSA. And you said that there were some simple things that she mentioned that she did that were very transformative. Can you give just one example of what a simple transformative action that she mentioned that that was that was transformative for a government agency? I think transformative for anybody. I think one of the things was they, you know, they looked at a lot of um, paper-based processes, right? I think we still, or or digital form-based processes, we still forget that, um, you know, optimizing some of those basic processes is hugely instrumental. But I, I think the other one is that they, um, as with most organizations, they've, they've really focused in on this idea of you can't improve what you don't measure. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're looking at, um, you know, their customer constituencies and um, how do they survey those? I have to go look up the exact numbers, but I think, you know, as a, as a business to business operator, as it were, serving other government departments, I think their, their customer constituency is a million and a half to 2 million individuals. And how do they um, kind of survey those individuals for their feedback, their improvement ideas, uh, their current satisfaction with the GSA as a serving agency, and then kind of pivot those around to improvement. So again, the you know, size and scale of their of their customer constituency for something that's ostensibly a B two B operation is just is just immense. So from there, you went, you left, and you went to the Medallia Conference in San Diego. Nice, beautiful, sunny, warm San Diego. What was that like? Mm. With a boat. With there a boat. A big... <laughs> You yeah. went there so with got, a boat from Chicago. Well, I didn't. I didn't go on a boat, but it was. Uh, oh. but you know, Father's Day was fast approaching, and I arrived at the Hilton in 
on the harbor in San Diego and checked in and went to my room and, you know, you walk in and there's a big window looking over the island where the Coronado Hotel is, whatever it is. Um, not that we were staying there. And right in front of my window was this humongous boat with a helipad on the back. And, you wow. know, one of those umpty gazillion dollar private yachts. So I took a picture of it and texted my wife and told her that I was really impressed that she had my father's day present delivered to the conference. And some reason she didn't quite understand what I was talking about, but kind of. Made oh, it. I was going to say she, 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 did she encourage you to, to go check it out and take it for a drive? She encouraged <laughs> me to take more pictures of it. Okay. All right. Good thing. Good thing. Because I'm, well, otherwise she might not be here though. and then that, that would be sad. So it's a good thing. That's true. You didn't try to take it for it was, a drive. Where it was going, but it was certainly going somewhere else expensive based on the size of the boat. And, and actually the, um, some, there were a lot of people in the conference. This thing definitely got people's attention. So I don't think it had anything to do with the conference, but um, uh, there were a number of people who got to take videos of the helicopter that belonged on the helipad actually landing and taking off. I didn't get to see that. So my helicopter was in for an oil change, so it didn't really happen, you know. Some people go to Jiffy Lube. Some people park their yacht in San Diego so that they can take their helicopter in for their oil change. Okay. That's right. My Jiffy Lube, yeah. my Jiffy Lube doesn't have a dock. To bring my it doesn't have a dock or a helicopter landing pad. It doesn't have a helipad that I've noticed. I should check the roof the next time I go. But so yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's get into the main takeaways of your experience there at Medallia. So so um so actually I mean you know the biggest the biggest announcement at the Medallia conference was Leslie their CEO uh, implying which since then has now been confirmed that they were about to file for IPO. Um, so to put it in context, uh, Medallia is one of the big three um, CX measurement software companies: Satmetrics, Medallia, Qualtrics. Uh, two years ago, Satmetrics was acquired by Nice Systems, the contact center company. Um, last November, uh, Qualtrics was snapped up for a cool $8 billion by SAP. Um, and so Medallia is the last, the one of the big three. And they, uh, they pretty strongly implied at the conference they were going to IPO this summer and they filed their paperwork um, about two weeks ago. So basically 10 days after the end of the conference. So, uh, so big aha was, you know, they're going to run at the IPO marketplace. Um, a lot of discussion at the conference about how that's going to go, given that uh, Qualtrics Last year, we're also running at the IPO marketplace and didn't make it because SAP um, wrote them a big check. And so, uh, so that's, you know, that was probably the buzz of the conference. So, you know, lots of new folks, definitely exploding interest. I'm sure the, um, you know, the Qualtrics SAP thing probably helps um, with that momentum and, uh, and definitely a very strong trend towards um, a lot of what I would call your traditional uh, software driven business folks coming into the fold. So, um, you know, more and more of your traditional consultants, agencies, BPO systems, integrators, uh, starting to line up around the marketplace and, uh, and just the overall momentum building from year to year, which is, which is really exciting for those of us who've been here for a while. Um, you know, it's phenomenal to see this thing really take flight. I think that there were probably some, some breakout sessions there at Medallia, right? And, and so what were the most interesting topics of those breakout sessions or what was the one thing that stood out the most to you that people were buzzing about, were excited about? 
That's a really good, I mean, so, so, so I think, I think when we, you know, when we think about, um, you know, a lot of material in the, in the core conference, um, there was, there was some, uh, you know, Medalia puts on a good party uh, as, as many technology companies do in their user conferences. So, um, I think the, uh, that was definitely illustrative. They had a huge party on, I think it was the second night and they had a, um, talking about experiences. They had a, had a band playing who, um, you know, if, if, if music can be played at zero to 10 on the volume scale, they were playing about 28, I think, because nobody could actually hear each other talking. Um, which was, uh, you know, was pretty, pretty amazing. That was, uh, that was definitely funny. People were walking like a hundred yards away from the main area where they were having the food and drink in order to be able to talk to each other. Um, so that was there. Um, second one was the, uh, they made an announcement on the second day of the conference. I never quite found out who this was that, uh, one of their competitors, salespeople had actually turned up at the food and drink event the night before and was walking around introducing themselves to Medalia's customers, which I thought was a phenomenally bold move. Wow. I wonder if he got any, any business that way or did he get ejected? I don't know. There were several <laughs> indications that he might've been dumped in the Harbor. <laughs> oh, I think they ejected him based on the way they were talking. The question is, did they eject him head first or did, you know, anyway, um, it was a cause of some amusement. Um, and then the, the other one, um, which, which is kind of somewhat of a sidebar was this, uh, tour that Hilton, uh, the Hilton San Diego put on of kind of a backstage tour of their hotel facility and how Medalia, um, as a piece of technology actually influences and informs the way they deliver their guest experience, um, which is, you know, when you nothing that was earth shattering, but when you get to see that stuff in, mm -hmm. you know, in the flesh, as it were in real life, um, it's always, it's always pretty eye opening about them, you know, getting, getting information on their, on their mobile phones, smartphones about guest issues and how they manage and control the improvement of the guest experience through these indications that they're getting, you know, pretty much from the moment they clock on on a shift and get a list of outstanding issues through to the point that they clock off um, and kind of do a transition to the next person. So to really see, you know, how how these tools just, just in some senses, tightly wind a business to make it, you know, ever more guest or customer centric. Yeah, so that's a really interesting point about Medallion. It's a good story. But what I'm wondering is because you know Medalia is such a is such a um, science based approach and it's using technology to do that and you know the end results that we're all aiming for with customer experience is an emotional based approach. So how do those two things come together? Do you have an example of that? Yeah, I do. I mean, from, from an overarching perspective. Um, the idea, the concept is that you understand uh, the emotional and perceptive qualities of your customer's attitude towards your experiences by measuring them. And so measuring them is what Medalia's technology does. So their goal in life, very much like our CX science approach, is to create a closed loop system, a tightly closed loop system, whereby organizations measure everywhere and act anywhere they need to act. And so that sounds a little kind of esoteric and conceptual. So 
Um, let me give you an example, a very personal example. So I'm a frequent flyer and my airline is Delta, right? So I lived in Atlanta for 25 years. And so pretty much Delta was my choice. Um, but I fly on Delta, you know, three, four, five times a month. And, Medelta, and Delta is a Medallia customer and has been for a while. So, um, you know, if, but I'm, well, actually in the middle of this conference thing that I went through that month, um, you know, I had a had an episode where I was I was flying back home um, and the airline system, you know, in the early evening got completely messed up as it tends to. Um, I live in Florida, so um, we were trying to get to Florida and Florida was doing its usual afternoon storm thing. Um, and, you know, flew, flew the first leg of the flight, got to Atlanta, uh, arrived an hour late, missed the flight that I was on. There was another flight like 10 o'clock in the evening, you know, grabbed something to eat, went to the gate, the flight time changes. We sit around the flight time changes. We sit around, nobody's telling us anything. People are getting more and more annoyed. You go ask the people at the gate and they're like, well, we don't know what's going on. We just need to wait. Got to like. 1.30 in the morning and they canceled the flight. And Oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's a word did, for did it. They, did they offer you a rental car? Uh, <laughs> I wasn't really in the mood to drive five hours home, so <laughs> I didn't ask. Um, right. They didn't offer me a hotel room either, by the way, um, because it was considered to be weather-related and they don't have to do that when it's weather-related. Um, but they did, uh, they did book me on like a 7 a.m. flight. So I went and got myself a hotel room, got up in the morning, got there. That flight was delayed. Um, and, and from an experience perspective, the delay wasn't the problem, although it was frustrating. The delay was the complete lack of information and communication. So I get on my flight coming home. I land in my home airport. I get in my car. I pull into my garage. I walk in my front door. And Delta sends me a customer satisfaction survey. Right. And, and again, I, I'm not as, I mean, I'm tired, um, but I'm not as frustrated about the delay and the cancellation as I am about the complete lack of information. The fact that I had to pay for my own hotel room, you know, just, I mean, literally four and a half hours, five hours sitting in Atlanta airport with nothing except a, an announcement that there was going to be a further delay. Um, and so they sent me a, they sent me a customer satisfaction email using Medalia and I sent them a rocket or 50 or 60 <laughs> um, with some inappropriate <laughs> language. Um, you know, and actually I was just inflamed by the fact they sent me the customer satisfaction survey. So they did something really good, which is, hi, you've arrived at your destination. They knew we'd arrived. They probably got notified the plane had landed and automatically an email went out saying, hi, Mr. Frequent Flyer, Mr. Graham Clark, how do you feel about our service? Um, so I sent them a, a few <laughs> rockets back in an email. Um, and interestingly, so, you know, that's pretty standard, right? But the tightly wound process is um, about 45 minutes after I sent the email, I get a chat, you know, text message on my phone saying how deeply concerned they were. Um, I then get a phone call an hour later, which I didn't take because I was on another call. So it went to voicemail, which I got to hear later. And then I got an email, um, you know, basically giving me an extra 15,000 frequent flyer miles, which which is really irrelevant. I mean, it's nice, but... Um, the most important thing is that within within six hours of, you know, their meltdown, um, I had basically gotten three communications. And then what was really interesting is that I went on another flight early the next week. That was like a Wednesday. So early the next week, I had to fly to Illinois. And um, when I went when I went 
through the process and I went to the Delta Sky Club and I scanned in on the Sky Club, the, the lady on the desk at the Sky Club said something to me about that particular flight, you know, apologizing again. Okay. So you think about that. I mean, you, you have a miserable experience, which shouldn't have happened. They should have communicated. But then they, they ping you to find out what was going on. They react almost instantaneously that, oh, my God, one of our key frequent flyers is unhappy. We better respond. They then send me an action, which is at frequent flyer miles, you know, within an hour or so of that happening. And then when I swiped my, you know, boarding pass in, obviously a notification came up on the computer. I couldn't see it because the screen was facing the lady on the desk. And, you know, she mentions it and again apologizes. That is a tightly wound process that cannot be achieved without a piece of enterprise software, you know, like Medalia's measurement system. So that's a pretty good example of how that uh, piece of technology actually helped, you know, the whole emotional experience of of being stuck with no communication and just a really bad customer turned a really bad customer experience into a tolerable one. Well, you know what would have made it a really good customer experience is well, not a good customer experience because nothing was going to make that a really good customer experience. But you know, the other, the other attribute of a tool like Medalia's tools is that you get to collect up those dozens, hundreds, thousands, millions of interactions and you know view trends and uh, analytics data on those to drive action so you know i mean i've had the conversation with a bunch of folks standing around in airports and delays is like you know why can't they just tell people what's going on and if for some reason they can't tell everybody what's going on and sometimes i almost think it's legal um you know why can't they at least text the people they claim to care a lot about which is their top level frequent flyers to you know, give them some kind of inside scoop on what's really happening. Because you think, I mean, you you mentioned rental cars. And so you think about that particular trip, um, you know, by the time I'd waited four and a half to five hours in the airport and I'd gotten a hotel room and then I'd spent nearly two and a half, three hours traveling to get home from Atlanta, you know, it's it's a drive from Atlanta to where I live, but it's four and a half hours. And so, you know, if they had a projection that said they were likely to have a cancellation or something earlier in the evening, I would have got a car. Um, so there must be there must be a way that they can collect up all that data and understand what's going on. And and while it was nice for them to pay attention to me, I also, by the way, believe that was all automated and there was little human interaction except for the lady in the Sky Club. Um, but it, you know, I wonder if they're really using the other part of the Medalia tool, which is you know, identifying trends and identifying systematic actions that can really make a difference to the relationship with your customers, especially your best customers. Yeah. I'm just imagining this red flag coming up uh, on that agent's screen going, watch out for the (laughs) incoming angry customer. Incoming, yeah. She didn't didn't reach underneath the counter and put a motorcycle helmet on or anything. So it's obviously kind of been that big a red flag, but yeah, I get your point. Well, that is a good example of science meeting the needs of the customer, or at least reaching out and trying to undo or soften the damage that they've done. Yeah, I like like your earlier term of science meeting emotion, because that's a really kind of interesting statement, right, when you think about it. Because to Uh your point, people don't naturally think of science and emotion as tightly wound, and they are in the customer experience business. 
Well, that was the first two of four, and we're going to split that off like we talked about earlier and talk about the other two next time. And those two are going to be... Forrester and Stratified. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you even got to present at Stratified, so I'm sure that'll be fun to talk about as well. So thank you everyone for listening, and our website is talkingcx.com. Our email is info at talkingcx.com. Our phone number is 833-482-5529. Our Twitter handle is TalkingCX. So start a conversation out there with us. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, remember, do CX right. And do it right now. Ah, there you go. That's right. All right. Thank you so much. See you next time.